0: Radio Orbit, exploring the secrets of everything on
1: KOPN 89.5 FM, Columbia.
0: or good morning, wherever you might be. This is Mike Hagan, and you're listening to Radio Orbit on KOPN 89.5 FM, Mid-Missouri source for in-depth news, diverse talk, music of the world. It's more than radio, it's listener-sponsored community radio. It's your imagination station. It's KOPN, and you're listening to it right here, Monday night, 11 till 2. Radio Orbit coming to you every week, except last week. Uh, where am I? Good friend Casey Olearnik stepped in and uh, did a wonderful job with the show last week. And a big thank you to Casey for uh, taking the responsibility uh, for the week last week and did a great job. Uh, Did a great job again. So thanks, Casey. And uh, also, hey, uh, a quick uh, thanks. And, man, how cool uh, to to Debbie Johnson, the uh, Free Range Radio Theater just really kicking lately I mean I'm like so into the whole Aurora series and uh, hopefully um, sometime in the next I don't know a few weeks or month or whatever we'll take uh, we'll take some time uh, at the beginning of my show and uh, try to get the people uh, in here Debbie um, and uh, the other uh, guys and girls that are involved in the production of Aurora because they're all uh, local uh, folks here and uh, all Really talented, obviously, in doing really cool stuff with the uh, with that radio theater series that they're producing. And so, anyway, uh, great stuff on KOPN, and I uh, appreciate it. And also, of course, to uh, uh, the guys uh, before Debbie doing uh, jazz plus blues equals soul, Jason and Kelvin. So, anyway, all right, this is Mike, and you're listening to Radio Orbit. we got another three hours here. I got, uh, I'm very excited about tonight's show. I told you guys, um, I don't know, a month or two ago about the strange synchronicity in which I was introduced to uh, Joanna Harcourt-Smith, who is uh, my guest this evening. And uh, we're going to be uh, with Joanna uh, on the phone tonight, uh, live. And she's actually... Um, in uh, New Mexico right now for a conference uh, and a webcast event that we're going to be uh, talking about tonight and something that I'm going to be involved in uh, personally uh, I'll be participating in as a uh, uh, just as a spectator sort of uh, but um, lots of other people are going to be involved and there's only 600 uh, spaces available uh, for this uh, live webcast event that's coming up next Sunday, a week from yesterday on the 12th of June. And it's free. It doesn't cost anything. And uh, there's a bunch of great uh, uh, presenters that are going to be talking um, uh, on Sunday. And it's a four-hour event with live uh, interactive opportunities for you through email and uh, uh, a live chat that will be going on uh, during the event. So, anyway, Joanne and I will be talking about that tonight, um, and I'll tell you a little bit more about her in uh, uh, in the next in the next hour or so. Okay. Uh, if you want to check this out, though, now in the meantime, uh, you might uh, if you're on the web, if you've got your uh, uh, if you've got your computer fired up and you got access to a good web connection. uh, Go to either my site at www.radioorbit.com, R-A-D-I-O-R-B-I-T.com, or uh, you can, uh, and from my site, you can just jump right over to metahistory.org, meta, the word history, M-E-T-A, and then the word history, metahistory.org, and that's uh, Joanna's site. So you can either get there directly from my site or you can go directly to metahistory.org. And uh, you'll get a good feel for what we're, what uh, Joanna and I are going to be talking about a little bit later. But uh, she's something else, one of the most amazing women that uh, I've had the uh, good luck to be able to get to know. And uh, she wrote several books with Tim Leary, with uh, Timothy Leary, of course, she was probably best known um, as Joanna Leary, Timothy Leary's wife and uh, partner during the early 70s. And she wrote several books with Tim and uh, began her... Uh, activist work at that time back in the 70s but uh, that was not by any means the end of her story Uh, Timothy died in 1996 but uh, they had been apart for quite a while uh, before that and uh, Joanna's a writer and she's an incredible uh, an incredibly deep ecologist and a correspondent and moderator uh, for the website at metahistory.org and uh, metahistory is um a wonderful site that's being operated by Joanna and John Lash. And John Lash is a gentleman who's going to be on this program uh, in the coming months. We haven't quite tied down the date yet. John will be actually involved directly uh, as a presenter in the uh, uh, event that, we'll, that uh, Joanna and I will be talking about tonight. Uh, but anyway, he's involved at metahistory.org as well, and he's a mythologist and, uh, and a historian. And he knows a great deal about humanity and our past. And one of the biggest problems, um, as you all know, if you're regular, regular listeners of this program, you'll know that one of the, uh, one of the things that I always tout as a big problem is that we, we are a population that is tremendously propagandized. And we know very little about our, about our real past. And uh, John Lash and Joanna Harcourt-Smith are people that can help us uh, get a better bearing on some of the things that have happened before us. Not just in the recent past, but in the deep past as well, John in particular, when it comes to uh, the ancient world and some of the truths and mysteries that are revealed uh, when you start to look at those things very closely. So at any rate, uh, we're going to be talking about all kinds of different things tonight with Joanna and I look very forward to it. We'll have her on the phone here in about 45 minutes or so. In fact, I think I'm going to put on some music here and try to get her on the line because she wanted to listen to the beginning of the program. And uh, we'll do that, so just relax, and um, uh, I'll try to get this done quickly. There might be... uh will <clears throat> try to get it done in one song, but if I can't, we'll play another song after, uh, after the one that uh, you hear right now. But uh, I'll be back in just a few minutes either way, and we'll do space weather. I'll give out some contact information, phone numbers, all that sort of stuff, and uh, we'll um, talk about a couple things in the news. And then we'll be back with uh, Joanna Harcourt-Smith, and I look very forward to it, and I hope you guys do too. And in the meantime, you can check this out. This is uh, Johnny Hickman. This is sort of a cool CD that I found on the KOPN shelves. The CD is called Palm Henge, and this is called... Beauregard's retreat. This is Mike Hagan. You're listening to Radio Orbit on KLPN. We'll be back in just a few minutes. This is Mike, and you're listening to Radio Orbit on KOPN, 89.5 FM. And, uh, yeah, that was uh, Johnny Hickman from Palmhenge called Beauregard's Retreat. All right, here we are. It's about, uh, about 17 minutes after 11 o'clock on the 6th of June, 2005. And uh, uh, if you want to get a hold of me, Let's do uh, contact information real faster, and then we'll do space weather and um, get on with things, okay? All right, the email address is orbitradio, O-R-B-I-T-R-A-D-I-O, at AOL.com, orbitradio at com. And, of course, uh, as I said earlier, you can always get to me through the web at www.radioorbit.com, R-A-D-I-O-R-B-I-T.com, just one O there in the middle and um, certainly go over to my website if you got the computers fired up and then uh, click on any of the number of links on the on the home page there on the front page and you can get over to uh, Joanna Harcourt-Smith's uh, website metahistory.org and get a feel for what uh, some of the things at least that we'll be talking about tonight. All right, uh, thanks for all the emails, thanks to everybody listening over the web after the fact, um, I know it's sort of a hassle not to be able to listen live um, unless you're in the local, regional area here, but we are very close to having um, uh, the technology on board to start streaming the show and uh, all of the shows here actually at KOPN. So just uh, hang in there with us and uh, keep supporting the station. We appreciate it, and um, and we'll have that as soon as we can. I'm hoping like six months probably uh, probably, within six months we 'll be streaming live, and of course we 've got eight hundred numbers, so then we can start to take calls from all around the world and i 'm um, thinking about uh, setting up uh, sort of a a forum where we might be able to do some live uh, chat as the show is uh, is going on so anyway, lots of ideas and uh, things for the future and uh, that 's what Joanna and I are going to be talking about tonight, um, although we haven 't really discussed in great detail what we 're going to be talking about. I have an idea that uh, the future is going to be one of those things, and uh, there are lots of possible futures, lots of potential futures. Of course, the potentials are almost limitless, and um, the one that we end up in, or the ones that we collectively end up in, are sort of, uh, uh, in great way, dependent upon our... Our own selves. And so anyway, we're going to be talking about lots of really interesting stuff tonight about the future and the future history of this planet and this species, the human race. And probably a little bit about the past as well. And uh, that's all coming up in just a little bit, okay? All right, so um, the phone number here at the station, if you want to call me during a music break or something, I know sometimes you guys like to call and just let me know what you think about the show uh the number is area code 573-874-5676 or 1-800-895-5676 if you're outside of the 573 area code all right that's uh 573-874-5676 1-800-895-5676 um maybe i'll give you something free too i think i have one more copy of uh, uh terrence and rupert and uh um, Ralph Abrahams, uh, The Evolutionary Mind, Terrence McKenna, Rupert Sheldrake, and uh, Dr. Ralph Abraham. Uh, maybe I'll give that away at the top of the hour or af- maybe after I uh, get Joanna on the, for- on the phone here and start talking with her. So, Anyway, okay, um, upcoming guests next week. We'll probably do open lines next week. I think we'll probably just uh, open the phones. And I'm hoping that lots of you guys out there will sign up for this event uh, that Joanna and I are going to be talking about, and if you do, uh, then we'll we'll have a lot to talk about um, next week on Monday because the event is next Sunday, the 12th. And so I thought if I did open lines on next Monday, we could uh, we could chat about uh, about what went down on Sunday, and hopefully uh, some of you out there um, are interested in doing that. And if you aren't, well, I'm going to do it anyway, and then I'll tell you guys what I thought about. Uh, uh, the event because I am definitely going to be tuning in and uh, I've already got my uh, my little registration email confirming that uh, I am now a proud participant. Uh, so anyway, it's going to be a cool thing and I'm not going to go too much into it because uh, Joanna and I will be talking about that uh, in detail in just a little while. But anyway, um, uh, go to the website and check it out right now if you'd like, okay? All right, so next week we'll talk about it. Um, the following week, Shu, I keep telling you about Ed Edwards, uh, my friend Shu. And um, the only way to explain Shu is, uh, well, I don't, know how to st- I don't know how to do it. He's uh, a gentleman that lives in the hills of Georgia and he has a very strange background and he's capable of doing outrageous things with energy. And that's the only way I know how to put it and he'll make your hair stand on end and you don't even have to be in the room all you have to do is be listening (laughs) and uh and he uh he wants in fact he takes all challenges (laughs) so all of you out there i hope you'll be listening in two weeks when i have shoe on the air because uh the skeptics uh everybody you're more than welcome and i'll probably have the phone lines open as well uh but um uh he's a serious guy and uh uh doesn't write books, and he's not uh, peddling his wares for a whole lot of money or anything. He's just a, uh, a guy who's very interested in some of the things that he's experienced in his own life and been able to do uh, through those experiences. So uh, uh, we'll have Ed Edwards, and his nickname is Shoe, and it's spelled S-H-O-O. <laughs> so anyway, you'll hear me refer him. Uh, refer to him as Shoe, and I'm not crazy, but that, that, that's just what we call him. So, anyway, Shoe's going to be on the air in a couple weeks, and it should be um, a really interesting event. And I'm hoping for uh, uh, for very big things from Shoe, and I'm and I'm I'm hoping from big uh, of I'm hoping of big things from you, uh, my listeners as well, because you guys are going to be a big part of that show. If you guys don't participate um, in a big way, uh, then it won't be uh, quite at least what Shoe. Uh, what he wants it to be so anyway that's coming up on the 27th okay uh, Dr. Michael Heisen, uh, my marine biologist friend uh, from Hawaii and uh, the uh, Sirius Institute there Dr. Michael Heisen, of course um, uh, you know, continuing in the tradition of uh, Dr. John Lilly and doing wonderful work uh, on the Puna Coast there with, uh, with Paradise Newland with dolphin communication uh, studies and then let me tell you folks they are very, very close uh, to some really, really outrageous things. And uh, Dr. Heiss and I will be talking about that in just a few weeks. Uh, Michael Horn, for anybody interested in UFOs and the the whole ET story, uh, if you're familiar with Billy Meyer, the Billy Meyer story is um, one of these sort of hallmark UFO stories and Billy Meyer has been on the scene so to speak uh, for 30 years now maybe even longer than that but uh, he's a farmer um, that lives in the mountains of Switzerland and his story is quite a remarkable one and there's all kinds of twists and turns and I'm not even sure what I think of it myself Um, but it's a pretty interesting story And the guy who is his sort of uh, North American correspondent, uh, spokesperson, I don't know if it's official or not. We'll figure that out as we go. His name is Michael Horn. Um, He's going to be on the air on July 18th. Um, And that will be a great show. The the, the Billy Meyer story is really one that I want to talk about. I haven't done a whole lot about UFOs and E.T., uh, but that's one that... uh, that's worth talking about, I think. And Michael Horn is a guy that, um, uh, in this particular case, knows a whole lot about it. So that's coming up in July. And a couple other ones I want to talk about really fast. Uh, Jay Widener, uh, one of my favorite uh, researchers and a guy who's just absolutely uh, done amazing work in just the last few years even. Uh, he wrote a book called... Um, a monument to the end of time, Falconelli and the Great Cross. And um, it has to do with a particular uh, piece of architecture in the south of France. And we're going to be talking to uh, uh, Joanna Harcourt-Smith, of course, in just a little while here. And Joanna lives in Spain um, at least uh, a a good amount of her time uh, these days. And I'm not sure, we'll have to, I don't know if we'll get into this or not, but at any rate, uh, if she's familiar with the uh, the Northern Basque uh, regions of the country uh, there's some wonderful history and mythology uh, uh that goes way way back and um, one of the tangents that takes off from it is a uh, is a a man an enigmatic figure who went only by the name of falconelli and uh he was um, as some people report the last of the true alchemists. And we haven't talked a lot about alchemy on this show, but it's something that does require uh, some discussion. It's not—it's uh, uh, not all that you were led to believe in high school and grade school. Uh, there was more to it than that, and it wasn't all farcical. Uh, but we won't get too deeply into that right now. Let's just say that uh, Jay Widner and I will uh, on July 11th. And uh, Jay was a contemporary and a friend of Terence's, uh, Terence McKenna, and in fact. Uh, I know that Terence uh, was sort of a guiding light uh, in some of the early research that Jay did. Him and I spoke uh, recently on the phone, and uh, he's a tremendously talented and interesting individual, and uh, doing some wonderful work uh, that's also quite uh, um, in line with the work that John Lash and Joanna are doing at MetaHistory.org. And it's interesting how all of these things are sort of uh, uh, converging. And convergence is a word that. That you'll probably hear more and more frequently on this show uh, as we as we move forward. Uh, but uh, anyway, really, really interesting stuff going on. And uh, Jay Widener is a guy who's uh, doing some some uh, some great research right now. And if you're interested in his uh, his current stuff, you can check it out at jaywidener.com, J A Y W E I D N E R.com. Or if that's not right, and it might not be exactly right, I. I I think it is but if it's not go over to Kent's website at uh cyberspaceorbit.com and um you can always get there f- uh you can always get there from my site and uh he's got Jay's most recent uh, publication up a- on uh on his front page if I remember correctly and of course Kent doing wonderful work as always uh the reason that I wasn't with you guys last week uh was because I was in Seattle uh for the weekend uh, participating in a, um, a music festival, uh, the Folk Life, the Northwest Folk Life Festival. And uh, not only is Kent Stedman um, a brilliant researcher and a wonderful friend and a guru and a wizard,
2: <laughs>
0: uh, he's also a brilliant musician and uh, he's very connected uh, in the music scene in the Seattle area and the folk life festival uh was wonderful a bunch of his buddies were playing and we got to jam uh for a while and uh play with a bunch of really talented folks and uh, just had a wonderful time and uh with with great music always comes uh, insight as well and that's one of the things that you know we try to push here on orbit um and uh the music is a big part of uh this thing as well I think because it really does speak across boundaries and across Uh, Barriers, which again is one of the things that we're pretty interested in these days, at least in this neck of the woods. So, anyway, uh, all that stuff coming up, and one more thing. How about this? Alex Gray. I don't know if you're familiar with Alex Gray, but he's um, an artist of the highest caliber and has done some of the most amazing work that I've ever seen. Uh, at least this time around. And Alex Gray, I sort of went out on a limb and uh, decided that I would send him an email. And I got a reply back from his wife uh, uh, just a couple of days ago. And I think it's just a matter of ironing out the details or whatever. And we'll do that sometime in the next month or two or three or whatever, but sometime this summer, I'm sure. So anyway, if you want to get a feel for uh for art for art's sake and for the sake of uh um of life and love go to alexgray.com dot com e uh that's e Y gray so a L E X G R E Y dot com and you'll see some wonderful stuff there. Uh anyway, so I'm really looking forward to talking to Alex Gray and hopefully we get that worked out uh in the uh in the very near future here, okay? So, all right, let's, um, let's, we'll come back and do space weather in just a minute. I'm gonna do one more piece of music here and uh, just sort of set up to talk about the sun. And then we'll come back and uh, do a couple quick stories and get to the, uh, to the heart of the matter with Joanna Harcourt Smith. That's coming up in just a few minutes, okay? So stick around, this is Mike Hagen. You're listening to Radio Orbit on kopn 89.5 in the meantime this is Aqualung from strange and beautiful it's called brighter than sunshine we'll be back in just a minute i never understood before i never knew what love was for my heart was broke my head was sore what a
1: feeling I didn't believe in destiny, I look up, you're standing next to me, what a feeling.
0: All right, that's brighter than sunshine. It's Aqualung. And uh, this is KOPN Radio Orbit. Mike Hagan with you on a Monday night, as always. And uh, uh, let's do space weather really quick here. And we'll get uh, to our guests in just a few minutes here, Joanna Harcourt Smith, coming to us live tonight from, uh, from New Mexico. New Mexico, something going on in New Mexico these days. By the way, it's like everybody's sort of uh, speaking of converging. There's some sort of convergence going on right there. Of course, Barbara Tedlock and Dennis Tedlock, the doctors Tedlock, who were on the program just uh, uh, just a couple weeks ago, our anthropologist uh, friends from uh, uh, from the State University of New York at Buffalo. They they're in. Um, Uh, New Mexico right now. Rick Strassman's in New Mexico right now. All kinds of other people. So, anyway, really interesting stuff going on there as well. All right, space weather. Uh, Daytime meteors. Okay, there's a there's a meteor shower that's actually going to peak tomorrow, maybe on the eighth, I guess. It's called um, the Aretid meteor shower, and that's a a r e I'm sorry a r i e t i d the Aretid. And uh, that's because they come from the direction of Aries, the constellation Aries. Uh, But anyway, that's going to peak on the 7th and the 8th. And it's a pretty strong uh, meteor shower. Uh, But uh, the the meteors are sort of difficult to see because they happen, at least in our hemisphere up here, uh, when the sun is up. And uh, when the the meteor shower is the most intense, it's during the daytime. So there's sort of a rare uh, daytime meteor shower. Um, the strongest daylight meteor shower of the year uh, that start actually in May and they peak right around uh, the 8th of June, right around now, and they come uh, as I said before, uh, out from the direction at least of the constellation Aries. Uh, their actual source is unknown. We don't know where they actually come from, whether they're from the tail of a comet or, uh, or something like that, but uh, at any rate... Um, uh, there is some speculation, there is actually one sort of theory, and of course it is just total speculation, but uh, uh, there is an idea that they come from uh, an, asterisk, uh, an asteroid that is called Icarus, which is sort of a sun grazing uh, asteroid, hence the name I imagine, um, but of course again no real idea where uh, where the aerated mete- uh, meteor shower comes from. So. Anyway, uh, that's going on. You may be lucky enough to see that if you get up just before dawn, just before the sun is rising, uh, would be your best bet if you want to try to see some meteors, okay? And you'll probably see, uh, you'll be able to, but you just got to get up in the wee hours. Um, Now, what you can see in the evening now for the first time in over a year is Venus. Uh, Venus is now going to be back uh, back over the horizon uh, in the evening time, and it's... uh, If you notice a really bright sort of star early in the evening um, uh, that you'll see just around sunset, that's Venus, and it'll be coming to the evening sky uh, right away, Uh, and um, again, tomorrow night and the 8th are both going to be especially good nights to take a look at Venus. The moon is just sort of a crescent right now, and it'll just be sort of cruising by Venus, and they'll make a nice little picture up there, so... uh, Take a look just around uh, just around sunset uh, and moonrise, and you'll see Venus right there, and it'll be pretty cool. They'll be really bright together, and uh, you really won't be able to miss it. So it'll even be before the sky gets uh, dark that you'll be able to see that. All right, the sun has been quite active. Uh, you know, it's supposed to be solar minimum, but we still have tremendous activity on the sun. If you actually look at the uh, um, uh, the Soho imagery from... Uh, some of the surface cameras you'll see tremendous uh, big old sunspots right now all on the front part of the disk which means the earth uh the earth centered part of the sun the the the, uh, the face of the of the sun so to speak that that sort of uh looks toward the planet earth anyway all kinds of sunspots up there a lot of activity some some sort of uh uh... not not real high flare activity but certainly potential for that even though usually that it's talked down uh... but anytime you have uh... sunspot organizations like we have right now there's potential for those magnetic fields to get really wild and uh... when that happens uh... anything can happen you get these big freaking flares that nobody expects and it, it's happened before um, in uh... in times that have been similar to this So. At any rate, uh, pretty busy place on the sun. Uh, there's all kinds of sunspots right now, lots of prominences and uh, things that are interesting to watch if you're into the sun, like I am. Um, but uh, uh, not a real ch- uh, strong chance of strong flares, uh, at least officially. Um, again, because at least so far those uh, magnetic fields are uh, not getting real uh, tangled up or anything. So. Anyway, one last thing that I want to talk about, and Kent's got me thinking about uh, 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 gamma-ray bursts again, because uh, when I was in Seattle, we were watching the Swift uh, and Bat satellites that monitor the heavens for supernova and gamma-ray bursts and this sort of thing, and, man, it's still just an amazing thing to watch these gamma-ray bursts happen. There was one that happened on the 3rd of June, and another one today um, uh, but the uh, the one on the third of June lasted more than ten seconds. Uh, it had three distinct peaks in its emission and um, it even had a pretty pretty strong relatively speaking optical afterglow uh, that that the uh, that the scientific folks were pretty excited about so anyway, uh Kent sent me an email, and he said. <laughs> He said, you know, what if the, and I'm paraphrasing, but he said said something about, you know, what if the gamma ray bursts are more than a thing within this machine universe, you know, uh, but maybe they're the manifestation of something else, some sort of a, a, a cosmic voice of some sort or whatever, some sort of a communication. And I, that may sound strange just off the tip of my tongue like that, but, but uh, but he has uh some real good reasons for uh for making a statement like that you know he doesn't he doesn't do it lightly and uh and we'll talk about that the next time he gets on the air here but i just wanted to mention it and uh again if you want to watch those things and and go take a look for yourself and uh and read about them a little bit and learn about gamma ray bursts and the nature of those particular phenomena it's uh, very strange, uh, particular phenomenon that we know very little about, and there's still quite a bit of debate, even in the official scientific circles, about uh, about what's really going on um, in those situations. So, uh, at any rate, um, that's something that uh, that we'll talk about uh, more in the future. Okay. All right. There's been a major UFO breakthrough in Brazil. The the the, the, uh, uh, the government basically said they're going to come clean and release a bunch of information. There's lots of people talking about it. I'm not going to go too deeply into it, but uh, uh, if you're interested in that sort of thing, get on the web. Again, um, just do a web search. It's easy enough these days. Uh, or go over to Kent's site. He covers all this stuff pretty thoroughly. Uh, that's at cyberspaceorbit.com, www.cyberspaceorbit.com. Uh, and you can always get over to Kent's site from my site. And it's always a good idea to go over to my site at radioorbit.com. Uh, so you can get over to any of the guests that are on the show, like tonight, uh, Joanna Harcourt-Smith. So, uh, anyway, we'll see what happens with the Brazilian UFO story. I don't know. All right, cold fusion in the news again. You know, I've been trying to get uh, one particular cold fusion scientist from MIT to come on the program, and because of the oppression and suppression and censorship uh, in science these days, that many scientists deny exists. Well, I have lots of guys that won't even come on the program because they're nervous about what their peers are going to say uh, and that they're going to get thrown out of their institutions and that they're going to lose their grants and this sort of thing. So anyway, um, maybe this uh, story here will will help to alleviate some of those things. Anyway, it says uh, this is from the Christian Science Monitor of all places coming out of the cold cold fusion for real for the last few years mentioning cold fusion around scientists myself included has been a little like mentioning Bigfoot or UFO sightings and that's the author of source, uh, of course saying myself included uh, after the 1989 announcement of fusion in a bottle so to speak and the subsequent retraction the whole idea of cold fusion seemed a bit beyond the pale but that's all about to change a very reputable, very careful group of scientists at the University of Los Angeles has initiated a fusion reaction using a laboratory device that's not much bigger than a bread box and that works at roughly room temperature. This time, it looks like the real thing. The whole trick with fusion is, you've got to, uh, is that you've got to get protons close enough together for the strong force to overcome the weak force and electrical repulsion and merge them together into a nucleus. The sun does this pretty much by brute force. The sun has over 300,000 times the mass of the Earth, which means there's a whole lot of gravity weighing down on its core. Uh, now, there's a whole bunch. Uh, there's a whole bunch here that I'm skipping, and uh, you can get to this uh, this uh, story again. Just go to the web and do a do a, a news search on co- uh, pardon me on cold fusion. Anyway, uh, I'll just sort of read the highlights here. But the bottom line is, they think that they've uh, got this thing proven proven for real using a crystal. and um, Anyway, I'm just going to read one last piece here. It says, unlike some previous claims of room temperature fusion, this one makes intuitive sense. It's just another way to get atoms close enough together for the strong force to take over and do the rest. Once the reaction got going, the scientists observed not only the production of helium nuclei, but other telltale signs of fusion, such as free neutrons and high-energy radiation. The experiment has been repeated successfully, and other scientists have reviewed the results. It looks like the real thing this time. All right, so that's from uh, from a mainstream source, the Christian Science Monitor. <laughs> I don't know whether to believe it or not.
2: <laughs>
0: so, anyway... Uh, Okay, and what else? Uh, the Andromeda galaxy has just been reported to be three times as big as they thought it was a week ago. <laughs> All right? So we have no idea. That's a funny story. Actually, they they talk about the Andromeda is our nearest galaxy. Okay, it is a, a or at least the nearest galaxy. Um, so we're told as far as galaxies are concerned, like ours, the, like the Milky Way, and Andromeda is considered. Uh, equivalent uh, on an equivalent basis. I don't mean equal, but I mean sort of, you know, roughly in the same ballpark. That sort of a system. There's lots of other galaxies um, that are supposedly nearer uh, to the Milky Way than Andromeda, uh, but um, Andromeda is supposedly the nearest galaxy of the same size. But now they have a story here that just came out, uh, and honestly, it's, this is from um, uh, space.com. And it says, uh, we know less about our nearest galactic neighbor than thought. Astronomers announced today a map of the outer suburbs of the Andromeda galaxy finding that its rotating disk of stars is three times bigger than previously measured. The Andromeda galaxy is a spiral galaxy, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, then they talk about all these other smaller galaxies. Well, they obviously don't know how big they are. They just told you that Andromeda is three times bigger than they thought it was yesterday. But then they tell you about all these other ones that are smaller. So, Anyway, there's lots of galaxies. How about that? as a good statement. I think we can say that. That's about as comfortable as I am at this point with astrophysics. <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, what do I want to do now? I want to read... I don't know. Should I do this thing now? What time is it? Yeah, okay. I'm going to read um, this piece and... I think it's okay with Joanna that I read it. It's something that I found on her website. I think I'll read it before I bring I bring her on the air. And then we'll talk about uh then I uh, what I'm going to do is this, I'm going to read this, then I'm going to play um a real nice piece of music and then I'm going to come back on we're going to introduce Joanna and uh talk about um the uh uh, the live webcast event that's coming up on Sunday, June the 12th, um, sponsored by the Marion Institute and Metahistory.org and Transitions Radio. All right, so this is something uh, to get you familiar with uh, who my guest is going to be in just a few minutes, all right? And um, it's called Metahistory Quest, A Woman's View by Joanna Harcourt-Smith. I came back to the States last Saturday after several months of living outside the country. I feel life is not very different here than when I left for Spain in October. However, I am different because I have not watched American TV for a long time, nor been exposed to the atmosphere of terror prevailing in this country. In Europe, I have been living inside a different narrative, so to speak. It is not better than the story Americans are being told, and hence tell themselves, but it is slightly different. I would say the people in Europe have been buying and selling the lie of civilization for a longer period of time. So they are for the most part polished and polite about the lie. During the time I have been away, I have come out of the high degree of paranoia and fear that was the fuel that I ran on in America. Without the isolating shield of fear, I see more clearly the symptoms of pain and loneliness inherent to the story that guides many good people here. Here people are consuming enormous quantities of toxic food. Poison, specially marketed for dummying and numbing the population. 24-hour-a-day drugs disguised as food are being peddled to the people. I am staying in the house of a kind couple who watch Fox News all day and all night, even while they are asleep. The television stays on. The man in the household says he thinks the country should not change presidents while the war is going on. I had forgotten the mainstream rhetoric while I was in Europe. What war, I honestly said, without defiance. The third world war he answered meaning every word of it why is my heart broken by these things I do not want to overshadow my pain with fear the tempting fear that I could give into to cover up the sadness I feel all around me and collude in the story the narrative Americans are trapped in I see all over the place obese people starving in the streets and behind the windows of the houses in the town where I'm staying indeed the starvation might be worse here than in Haiti Because in Haiti, people know they are starving, so at least they know both what is killing them and what they need, food and medical care. American food has gutted many American people. Television has turned many people into talking heads, completely severed at the neck from their bloated bodies. Righteous Christians want to precipitate the apocalypse so that the chosen few will rise into heaven, uplifted by their balloon-like bodies. The others can rot in piles under the mighty trees that will stand tall while their roots intermingle and reach out to each other for love and comfort. I am a metahistorian woman. I am not part of a cult or a movement, nor am I, for that matter, an intellectual. I am one of the many women that family and society tried to silence because the words that come out of my mouth are connected to my heart. All my life I have transformed suffering into precious manure to grow compassion for myself and for other sentient beings. I am a product of the collective trance, and I have been able to wake from it. What woke me up are hands and eyes, hugs and closeness, cats and dogs, leaves and flowers, the scent of rain on the wet earth, and tears, many tears. I see the waste and the devastation going on all around me. I feel the unexpressed grief of those who have been brainwashed for Jesus or Mohammed or any other superman, who is advertised as better than they are. I'm a true Christian, Jew, Muslim, etc., and you're not. In the past, I stopped reading so that I would not stray from the pure expression of my heart. I also became a television watcher made lazy by the display of culture. Because of meta-history, I am reading again people like Christian De Quincey, John Lash, Bill Plotkin, Ian Baldwin, Barbara Walker, Julia Butterfly Hill, to name a few. What these people are saying is intelligent, yes, but most of all, what they write about in their own song is a call to care, to be grateful for the peace of life we have been gifted with. I have read Arundati Roy and Vandana Shiva, and they too say, stand up like an old tree and care. Granted, our collective sense of futility is growing like cancer, but care. Words, ideas, beliefs make all the difference, especially when they come out of the hearts and the minds of people who care enough to burst through the trance. With meta history, we are diligently seeking to make available online words that call people to care, to have the courage to refuse to participate and enact the stories that are killing us. Stories and the beliefs enforced by them make up the reality we live in. I feel responsible for many of the species alive on this planet because I feel the rampant stain of extinction spreading across our little world. I see that war is the very admission of defeat defeat of human instinct and intelligence Meta history quest is our effort to become educated to alternative stories for humanity to publish authors on the net who are thinking with the heart of hope we are in a dire emergency are we going to let 500 people blow up the planet because they must enact the story they are telling themselves can't we counteract the 24 hour a day broadcasting of the coming apocalypse I heard on television today that God is sending us hurricanes and Mother Earth is cruel and angry. Please let these sick concepts off the hook. People in Europe are numb because the blood of so many dead people is imprinted like scars on their hearts. People in America are numb because they are drugged by food and disinformation. Indeed, this is the time to urge the thinking and feel choir to be radical, and that is what we are doing at MetaHistory. Please, all people who are alive in love and detachment, join together to create a different story for the human species, a story that supports Gaia, the living earth, in her remembering how to heal herself and the abuse that we have inflicted upon her, a story that frames us humans not as conquerors or victims, but as a species living from the awareness of gratitude, a different story, a story that takes its clues from stones and trees, oceans and streams. It's urgent that we rewrite the story of who we are and what we are here to be. It's urgent to create this story and tell it to each other with tenderness and hopefulness so that it will spread to everyone out there who is hungry for a bowl of dignity. Remember that Fernand Cortez took Mexico with only 500 fellow Spaniards. Those men were propelled by manifest destiny. They also had a few horses. <laughs> the Aztec thought the horses were gigantic dogs Montezuma played right into Cortez's plans because he believed the second coming of Quetzalcoatl the Aztec savior the Aztecs did everything they could to welcome the white God who came from the sea hence they lived in the reality of their beliefs a prosperous people were destroyed by the story they told themselves a clue from meta history the story is about the feminine the Magdalenic aspect The story is about the Earth's generosity. The story is about the Earth not as a coffin for the human race, but as a sublime garden of life. The story is not about helpless people being saved, but about all living things sharing the the ecstasy of the cosmos. I hold the intent of an inclusion and compassionate story within my heart like the North Star high above an open sea. Joanna Harcourt-Smith from Marion, August 17, 2004. And just as relevant on June 6th, 2006. Or 2005, I guess it is. Man, I don't even know what year it is after that. Anyway, we'll be back with her, Joanna Harcourt Smith, in just a minute. You're listening to Mike Hagan. This is Radio Orbit on KOPN. That was Bright Eyes from I'm Wide Awake. It's morning. And I'm wide awake and it's morning. 1203 Radio Orbit on KOPN 89.5 FM, Mid-Missouri source for in-depth news, diverse talk, music of the world. It's more than radio. It's listener-sponsored community radio, your imagination station, and you're listening to it right here. KOPN 89.5 And this is Mike, and this is Radio Orbit. All right, she spends much of her time in Europe these days. She is recognized around the world. She's currently in Santa Fe for the conference that we will be discussing uh, in just a few minutes. She's one of the most amazing women I've ever had the good fortune to get to know. Uh, Probably most well-known as Joanna Leary, the former wife of Timothy Leary. But certainly that was not uh, near the end of her story. And uh, tonight we'll be talking about meta history, and her own personal story is an adventure, uh, is a meta history in and of its own uh, self. But uh, uh, it's uh, it's my great pleasure and 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 my great honor to welcome Joanna Harcourt Smith uh, to Radio Orbit. Hi, Joanna. Thanks so much uh, for being here with me tonight.
3: Good evening, everybody who's there. Um, It's really wonderful to share this moment of intimacy together. Um, I already received an email from somebody who's listening (laughs) and uh, who spoke to me in the email in a really open-hearted way. So here we are, crisscrossing hearts through you, Mike, tonight on this radio station.
0: Well, uh, I don't know. I tell you, I got a big smile on my face, and um, I'm just uh, really, really glad that we could uh, get it together. It's so funny. I told uh, I told my listeners uh, a couple months ago the story about how we actually uh, just uh, got in touch with one another to begin with, just uh, sort of through a fluke. Uh, but at any rate, here we are tonight, and uh, we'll be talking about lots of really cool stuff. And you have got all kinds of great stuff going on, and. Uh, We'll see how much we can get in here in the next uh, in the next couple
3: hours. Okay. Well, you know, I just wanted to say that um, I I think uh, the internet is quite an amazing medium. Um, actually, you um, spoke about um, um, Terence McKenna mm-hmm. earlier, Dennis McKenna, sure. And um, you know, I have this. Uh, I heard Terence about a year before he died, and. Uh, he said that we must get out our art on the internet, and um, I believe because that is one way that we can be free and we can communicate uh, our vision with each other. And I believe that radio is uh, that medium as well. You know, so um, I work on the internet because not only because. Uh, it's good to publish things on the internet but also because I think there is an amazing uh, telepathy uh, mm-hmm. that uh, travels across the world on these machines and uh, uh, it is a, a an amazing way to connect with each other it can be infuriating <laughs> but it is an amazing way as well.
1: <laughs> yeah I, I,
0: uh, I fully agree with you and, and I mean our Uh, Our speaking tonight is a perfect example of that. Uh, uh, There's absolutely no way uh, that I could ever have imagined uh, being on the telephone with you now were it not for the web. The ability that gave me uh, not only to, to contact you initially, but what the web gave me long before that, the ability to open my mind enough to learn about enough things that actually led me down a path that actually led me to your email address. Uh, you know so uh, i fully agree that the web is just this uh it's a tool uh that cannot be underestimated right now and it can be it can be utilized to whatever degree people decide to utilize it for in other words you know that's the thing is that uh you know you can use it just to uh, uh to perpetuate the consensus reality in other words you watch the tv and then you just get on the web and go to abc.com and if that's the only place you go well, then, right. you know, then, then the web is just an extension of that reality. But if you choose to, well, my gosh, the the, the web uh, can uh, can literally be the opening of, of of nearly every door that we know of, at least.
3: What I what happened was when you when you wrote this short email, uh, I could tell uh, that you had your eyes on the stars and your feet in the ground. <laughs> And I think that's that's really what we what we all need to do is just um, take over the internet and uh, make it a place for warmth and connection.
0: I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. And you know, I've I, I've, I've said it a couple of times on my show in the last in the last few weeks, but um, I've, I you know I, I'm I'm not afraid to talk about the psychedelic experience and and, and this sort of thing and. Terence, something that he said a long time ago and, and, and also something that your former husband said that I, that I may bring up. I was going to bring it up later, but maybe now is the time But since we're talking about the web. but I sort of think of the web as sort of a neo-psychedelic. I think of it as sort of the physical manifestation of the psychedelic experience uh, in that it can be a mind-blowing thing. In other words, if you use the web to its greatest extent you literally will come across all kinds of different things that will blow your worldview up. And I think, and I think that that's analogous in certain ways to the psychedelic experience.
3: Well, you know, I'm certainly uh, amazingly grateful for psychedelics. Um, it, uh, the psychedelic experience uh, definitely blew me right out of a certain number of uh, imprinted beliefs that I had, hmm. and well, I have to say that in uh, in the um, in the late '60s, um, what psychedelics did is, um, you know, and I'm not afraid to talk about them either.
0: Um, <laughs> I imagine but, not.
3: Right. <laughs> but, but what psychedelics did is, to, in the one hand. They opened me up to my suffering, mm. and they opened me up to ecstasy, mm. so uh, you know they showed me both things. Right. they showed me the amount of suffering and pain and fear that I was carrying from a um, from a shitty childhood um, and that's what uh, I would call today that's what the bad trips were mm. quote unquote um. And they also showed me uh, extreme and beautiful and profound degrees of ecstasy. Mm. They, like you just said about about the net, uh, we could we could make a uh, we could equate you know the the horrible levels of pornography on the right. on the web and uh, the, uh, the uh, uh, exquisite levels of connection on the web to the fact that um, psychedelics as I say opened me to both things and if if psychedelics had only opened me to ecstasy I think I, I, I probably wouldn't have gained my humanity you know the humanness right. that is my greatest treasure right. but they also opened me up they also uh, gave me a cinematographic view of the suffering and
0: the pain i carried well the, o- the only thing i'll, I'll other I, the only other thing that i'll add uh to this uh before we move on is that uh there was something that and i'm not even sure if uh, if if timothy uh, ever really said this but it was attributed to him and and terrence uh, said to me once that he that he had said you know he was it wasn't his famous phrase of uh, tune in turn on uh, drop out or whatever but it was something a little bit more subtle and it was find the others
3: beautiful and
0: i thought that what a great analogy today with the web and i you know of course i'm not sure what context tim was using it in but he may have been much more uh, profound than he thought when he said it because i think more than anything else those three words typify what the web allows humanity to do now to find the others whoever they may be you know you're not alone
3: that's you see that's that's the exact that's it that's the greatest truth to me that i've learned in my life is that we're not alone Hmm. we're not alone because um we're with the trees you know our uh, Hmm. our our blood vessel system is exactly the same as as the roots of the trees Hmm. um i was in the um I was in the Peruvian Amazon three years ago, and I was walking in deep, deep, deep jungle, and I could see on the ground, Mm. you know, it has been said that the Amazon jungle uh, is the lungs of the planet, and yet I could also see on the ground there were these these thick, thick red vines, and it was so clear to me that these thick red red vines in the ground with the veins of the earth so um we are not alone we are we you know we are connected to everything and um yeah i was so interested that you were talking about andromeda <laughs> uh, uh, it's been a long time that john lash and i my john lash my partner on metahistory.org we have called ourselves the poets from andromeda
0: is that right
3: yeah, absolutely, <laughs> and and because we uh, imagine, because I really believe in the power of the imagination, uh, we imagine that Andromeda would be a parallel universe
2: huh. where
3: everything on the parallel, in the parallel universe, would be aesthetic and ecstatic,
1: hmm.
3: as as opposed to here, where there are many glitches.
1: Right.
3: And um, did you know that you can see Andromeda with the naked eye?
0: I do. I did know that. Yeah, it's not uh, very clear. It looks like sort of a blob up there. But, it is uh, like
3: a bit <laughs> of a blur. <laughs> yeah, but you can see it.
0: That's true. It's true. You can. I was just. It's funny because uh, I I was um, I always sort of uh, spend the day, the couple days before I do a show, looking for sort of relevant stories. Uh, to uh, to talk about in the first hour that will somehow jive uh, with my guest. And and, uh, that one, I I didn't really know why, because it certainly didn't seem to jive with what we're going to talk about, but I like to talk about uh, what's going on in the the heavens and that. And that one just, I thought, was sort of uh, uh, interesting and sort of funny at the same time, because I also like to take a shot at science once in a while, just to take them off their high horse and uh, point out that they don't know everything. But, uh, anyway, interesting that you mention
1: that. So.
3: Well, I'm fond of saying, um, how come we can see Andromeda and we can't see down to the plaza? <laughs> <laughs>
1: I love it. Isn't it true?
3: So oh. Maybe lynx and coyotes can.
1: Oh, what a shame.
3: <laughs> right. So.
0: Oh, boy. All right. Well, hey, listen. Okay. Let's... Um, Let's, let's talk, about, uh, the... talk
3: about practical things.
0: Yes, let's talk about what we can do to see toward the plaza. All right? Let's see what we can do to. And um, one of the things that we're going to do uh, is start doing stuff over the web, like Joanna is talking about. And uh, with that in mind, I'm going to actually read sort of some official uh, uh, script here about what uh, this event is about, but then we'll come back in just uh, 10 seconds here and, uh, and get get the details from Joanna, but uh, this is a free live webcast event. It's a week from yesterday. It's this coming Sunday, the 12th of June. It goes from noon until 4 p.m. Mountain Daylight Time, so uh, if you're listening to me locally here, uh, that's from 1 o'clock until 5 o'clock our time uh, here in uh, the middle of the country. Uh, but we'll have, this, uh, we'll have this conversation up on the web tomorrow. So anybody uh, listening on the web, uh, wherever you are, it's noon to 4, uh, mountain daylight time. Okay, so convert the time scale as you need to. All right, registrants will be limited to 600 on a first-come, 1st first serve basis. And I know uh, Joanne mentioned there's at least uh, 200 and some already, and I'm sure that it will fill up. And uh, there's no reason not to participate in this. Uh, it's free. Uh, it requires only a little bit of your time and uh, and and some cognitive engagement, which is which is uh, much needed for all of us these days. So, okay. So um, uh, this is uh, Meta History Quest, the Marion Institute, and Transitions Radio Magazine invite you to participate in this first of a series of live, real-time cyber events, broadcasting high-quality audio on the internet. Uh, uh, key. Uh, issues will be addressed critical to the current turning point in global awareness uh, for this particular event as keynote to it. Uh, each participant will respond to this question. What is the single most essential action that will lead to a positive future? And uh, Joanna and I will be back uh, to talk about um, uh, some of the people that will be talking about that question, uh, some of the participants, and, and, and the list is... Uh, is awesome. Uh, so anyway, in discussing this question, we will explore how to imagine and actually create a future beyond history. That is beyond the current script of events dictated by the dominant cultural paradigm as interpreted by the media, government, education, religion, etc. There will be Q&A and discussion periods with listeners live, online, globally. Uh, an active computer uh, computer monitor will display various resources, factoids, guest bios, etc. Take email input and questions from listeners uh, who have registered, and uh, we'll have some music uh, to integrate the program. And it will be hosted, of course, by Joanna Harcourt Smith, uh, my guest tonight on the line with me, of course, right now, and uh, Alan Hutner of uh, Transradio.com, uh, Transitions Radio. And there is really a killer lineup for this whole thing. And so, anyway, Joanna, tell us more about uh, about what's going on. Well, uh,
3: the fact is that. Uh, I'm passionate about asking this question: What is the single most essential action that will lead to a positive future? I uh, I know that each of us has an answer to that, um, and the um, the uh, subtitle or the title from the heart that the serious title is our future beyond history, yes. but the title from the heart that Um, i came up with is uh, weaving the strands of a luminous tapestry Mm -hmm. and you know my friends we need to weave the strands of a luminous tapestry otherwise uh, there will be no future Mm -hmm. and um, those of us who have grandchildren those of us who have children uh, those children won't be able to climb on trees or swim in the sea and so uh, together let's think about each of us what is the most essential action that will lead to a positive future um, if you wish uh, I will answer that question for myself uh, which I probably won't do so this will be an
2: <laughs>
3: which I probably won't do. I'll, I'll yield to the guests on Sunday. But, you know, I want to say that for me it, uh, it, it, it adds, adds up to these words. It's um, living the life of a sacramentalist. And for me, living the life of a sacramentalist um, is to wake up each day and see each day as sacred and then go out in the world with whatever my feelings are for that day and whether i'm sad i'm happy or i'm angry or you know whatever the hue of the painting Hmm. of my being is that day and try my best to be kind to every single person i meet and try to to pay attention to everything that happens um, because everything counts and everything is important. And uh, so the life of a sacramentalist for me is the answer to the question about what I can do um, about bringing about a positive future. Mm-hmm. Learning kindness and learning compassion one day at a time. One, one, uh, I was going to use that word, one. Tripping at a time, you know, in every single way. Whether it is that I trip and I fall by by being unkind for a moment, and then and then I stand up again and I I say I'm sorry and I I you brush the dirt off myself and hug the other person, or whatever. The trip of of seeing, like I did this morning, of beautiful garden snake mm-hmm. right in front of my right in front of my feet and to feel connected to that to that snake and and pray with that snake and then ask permission to just step around it so i can go and do what i have to do so that's my answer to that question you know and now i can tell you about the guest
0: well that's a wonderful answer and and it's it's uh it's something that I'm sure it's has taken you a long time to get to, though, as well.
3: You are so right. You are so right because um, children, children, you know, I think children come in really, um, really pure in the world. I think oh, children gosh. are just, you know, um, a, a mass of energy. Mm-hmm. And some are more excited energy and some might be calmer energy. But, um, um, and then uh, we go back to the matter of beliefs. Beliefs are imposed on children and uh, on me were imposed beliefs about greed and nastiness and manipulation and survival of the fittest. And I was very confused as a child because my heart told me that, you know, this was a this was a good place. And then the people who who supposedly took care of me kept telling me how unsafe and how horrible it was. Mm-hmm. So um, I was thinking tonight before um, it was my turn to come on and be with all of you. I was thinking, I, I got it very simply. Everything we believe is optional. <laughs> I mean, it's just... Came to me that simply, you know, if we could just understand um, that that all of the all of the things that we think are absolute, the things that that we think are written in stone in our minds, my my journey has been to understand that all of those things are optional, and that really I can I can empty. Uh, the contents of my, of my mind onto the table and I have the freedom to pick and choose what is going to be good and useful for myself and yes. for others. And I have the freedom to throw, throw away all the ideas that are hurtful and that are, that are, are stupid because they are against nature. I can choose the contents of my mind. And I can allow my heart to be the guide of what content I, wanted, I want to put in that, <laughs> in that fabulous box up there. Right. You
1: know?
0: right, right. Well, you know, uh, you, you make a great point and it's a great transition back to what we're going to talk about tonight because culture is this sort of operating system and exactly. that's all it is. It's just an overlay. Over the over the organism and and it and it and it may uh, be this that or the other thing, but it is simply a set of beliefs and rules and stories uh, that have been uh, created, usually by a bunch of guys, <laughs>
2: <Right>. <laughs> uh,
0: to keep control uh, of everybody else, and that's all it is. And, and certainly, uh, there are cert- there are certain good things that you can pull out of it. But you do not have to accept all of it. You can believe, as you say, your thoughts are your own. And so one of the things that I was thinking of as a way to describe this event um, was sort of with, I, I love, the, I love the, the operating system metaphor because, because it is like that. It's like your computer because changing operating systems is no small deal. Right. and and right, you, right. you know
3: and, and am i going to be able to keep my information right and i'm not going to lose my precious stuff right am i going to lose my marbles altogether?
0: exactly and so and so this uh the the the, the analogy it, it is a scary thing but and but you because you realize it's all hanging by a thread you know and and a
3: luminous uh,
1: thread a hopefully. luminous
0: thread joanna and so that's the thing i was going to say is that this event is a if you want a quick rewrite, if you want to if you want to reinstall a new operating system or look at some new operating systems, look at some new ideas that might be well incorporated into your operating system. This is a great opportunity for people to do that because there are some wonderful uh, forward forward thinking uh, people uh, with just uh, outrageously cool ideas that are all going to be presented uh, in the next week. And uh, anybody who has the, the, the brains and the guts enough uh, to get involved can pretty much do it.
3: And uh, I want to be very serious here. Go to transradio.com and register for this event, or go to metahistory.org and you'll see the banner um, weaving the strands of a luminous tapestry and you can just um, register for the event. It's free. Uh, you, you, you have to put very little information about yourself. Uh, I apologize for being indiscreet and ask for your phone number, but to tell you it's only so that if, if we have a technical problem that we can't fix on the computer, then at least we can call you and tell you, What's going on? So that's the only reason that I'm indiscreet and ask you for your phone number. But other than that, you can just, you know, put your email address and your name. And we will send you uh, two days before the event, we will send you the URL. And the reason we're doing it this way is not sending the URL beforehand, before, say, Friday or Saturday at the latest is that we only have 600 slots. Um, It's a free program, and um, I I found out about this. One has to pay for bandwidth so that each person who will be listening, we have to pay $3 for. And so we don't want that. if we gave the URL beforehand and you were enthusiastic out there and you told all your friends, you might bump yourself off the program ah. by being generous. <laughs> so that's why we have to uh, just get the URL at the last minute because we only have 600 slots for bandwidth.
2: All
0: right, fair enough.
3: So shall I tell you a bit about our guest? Well, i tell you
0: what. Uh, it is the bottom of the hour, so, okay. so let's take a break. This is a good place to take a break, and uh, we'll uh, play some music here. And we'll do that. Uh, we'll come back and we'll talk about some of the uh, guests uh, that we'll be presenting uh, at the uh, at the event next Sunday, and then we'll talk uh, talk further after that. Okay?
3: Well, I'm having a wonderful time, and a kiss and a hug to everybody who's listening.
0: <laughs> well, uh, trust me, there are a lot of people that are really looking forward to this, and um, I had uh, a number of emails waiting for me in my uh, in my, my mailbox today, and a number of phone calls saying, uh, Are you still doing the show with Joanna Smith? That's
1: <laughs> good.
0: And uh, so, anyway, um, uh, so far, so good. All right, back in so a few. Fun. This is uh, Sun Kill Moon on Radio Orbit, and this is Mike Hagan. You're listening to it live, and we'll be back in just a few minutes with Joanna Harcourt Smith uh, from New Mexico. We're talking about uh, the Meta History event that will be coming uh, again live over the internet uh, next. Sunday, June 12th, from noon until 4 p.m., mountain time. And, Joanna, give us the name of that, uh, the full name of the event one more time.
3: Okay. It's called Our Future Beyond History, Weaving the Strands of a Luminous Tapestry.
0: Wonderful. Okay. We'll be back in just a minute. And, and again, uh, this is Sun, Kill, Moon, and you're listening to Mike Hagan on Radio Orbit KOPN. All right, that's uh, Sun Kill Moon from Divochka, one of my favorite new bands out and about these days. And this is Mike Hagan. You're listening to Radio Orbit on KOPN 89.5. My guest tonight is Joanna Harcourt-Smith. And uh, we're just getting into our conversation here. And we're right now going to be talking about an event that's coming up on June 12th, next Sunday. It's a live webcast that you can be involved in. It doesn't cost you anything. It's a wonderful thing that's going to be going on. Uh, And it's called uh, Our Future Beyond History, Weaving the Strands of a Luminous Tapestry. And uh, we've got uh, Joanna right here with us. So, Joanna, let's talk a little bit more about some of the people that are going to be there along with uh, yourself, obviously.
3: Well, um, we have uh, David Abram, who actually lives here in Santa Fe, and um, he wrote... Uh, one of the most uh, uh, beautiful books about deep ecology Mm. called The Spell of the Sensuous Perception and Language in a More-than-Human World Um, He uh, is a sleight-of-hand magician Mm. and he has lived and traded magic with indigenous sorcerers in Indonesia, Nepal and the Americas. he worked uh, tirelessly to bring the ecological dimension of, of sensory perception and language, communication, interspecies communication, and communication between the land and the people and the people and the land. Wow. And so he will be answering our question, and he'll be in the studio.
2: Hey, let's... So uh...
3: Pardon me, but
0: let's do that one more time. Let's read the question that these guys are and girls are all going to be uh, uh, sort of uh, uh, approaching and, uh, and trying to answer.
3: And as a question that yeah. I am absolutely passionate about, and uh, that I would like to go all over the world asking people, is what is the single most essential action that will lead to a positive future? Okay. Um, we've had a lot of news lately about uh, the ice caps melting and global warming and uh, this news, in, in my view, is undeniable. Uh, the planet, uh, there are great threats to our planet. Uh, a lot of what we're doing uh, um, is the equivalent of taking so much more than we give to our own habitat. Mm. And so, um, I want to ask the positive question, which is, what can we do about all this, and what can each one of us do about all this, about the future, and about bringing about a future for our children and our grandchildren, and for ourselves. Right. Uh, we may live a long time.
0: <laughs> That's right. Right. Yeah. I I, I interviewed. Uh... A guy uh, whose name is Dr. Terry Grossman, uh, who recently wrote a book with Ray Kurzweil. I'm not sure if you're, you're probably familiar with Ray, Ray Kurzweil, but uh, he's sort of a futurist and an inventor and been way, way ahead of his time for many, many years. And uh, they've written a book called "Fantastic Voyage: Live Long Enough to Live Forever." And wow. you know, and they're talking about uh, you know technologies that that are, you know no more than a decade or two away. Uh, that, that literally are going to change the way we look at the human body, the way we look at life, you know, and uh, and, and, and the caveat is we have to keep the planet intact in the meantime.
2: <laughs>
3: Absolutely. You know? I mean, um, the planet is our body, I yeah. mean, Gaia, we love to call her Gaia, Gaia um, the living earth is our body it is the body outside of our body Mm. and uh, if we're going to respect our bodies and i do and i'm sure you do we have to respect uh, our main habitat i mean just as our body um, houses our hearts and our minds and these amazing uh, orgasms (laughs) and uh How's those, too? Yeah. Yes, they do. Well, and um, when I walk in the mountains here, I can see the earth's orgasms. Mm. Um, Like, for instance, um, I'll go off on this because it's so beautiful. Um, This land of New Mexico, I mean, Santa Fe, this land has been dry for years and years now right. we've been in a drought i mean i lived here before i moved to spain a year and a half ago mm-hmm. um i might come back because my feet are so rooted in this in this red earth here mm-hmm. but but anyway um there was such a lack of water here for a long time and people tell me that it rained and snowed a lot this winter wow and i i went up. You know in the mountains at about 10,000 feet um, a few days ago and waterfalls were rushing down the mountain it was so beautiful wow. waterfalls were coming down from the sides of the mountain and they were converging together and making vortices and wow. then going back down the mountain and there's so much water here so she knows how to heal herself yeah. her cycles are right her hormones working but we have to be we have to be very mindful not to interfere so much in a negative way or mm. not to allow others to do that you know mm. that's the political quandary is not to allow others to destroy our habitat
0: yeah without doing it yourself yeah that's the thing i mean you know war in the name of peace but you know so anyway um, all right okay. well let's see okay so david abram certainly a uh, a pioneer in his own right that the, the book um like as you mentioned uh, the spell of the sensuous was just an astounding book and oh
3: i'm happy you're aware of it oh
0: yeah and and uh, and, and not this isn't just my opinion or joanna's the book was 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 uh, uh was raved about Um, by everybody pretty much Uh, anybody who read it including all the reviews that it got for the most part so
3: pick up this book Um, folks pick up
1: this book yeah The Spell Spell of the the Sensuous
2: yeah by By David David Abram
0: Abram. (laughs) we're reading each other's minds that's so funny yeah Uh,
1: yeah. but
0: yeah fantastic stuff and he's not the only guy who's going to be here there are some wonderful men and some other wonderful women who are going to be here as well who else has come in
3: well, uh Medea Benjamin mm-hmm. and uh, she's co founder of Code Pink. Uh I love the uh, I love the website uh, Code Pink. I think it's codepink.org. I have to look on my
0: actually I think it's dot org. Thank I, you. I Thank
3: think. You. Uh it's codepinkalert.org, you have it Yeah,
0: right. okay. All right. So yeah, so check that out. And and also yeah, I'm not sure if David has a website, but I'm sure you can find out plenty of information if you just put David Abram into one of your search engines. But at any rate, Medea Benjamin, yeah, at uh, at CodePinkAlert.org. Okay, what um, what do we know about her, Joanna?
3: Well, uh, Medea Benjamin founded Code Pink with uh, Jody Evans and uh, a couple of other women. And I, I, please forgive me if I don't remember their names right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, she founded Code Pink and Code Pink is a wonderful political organization of women um, and uh it's full it's politics with humor <laughs> in other words uh Jody Evans Medea's Medea's partner for instance was at the inauguration and she managed to be in the um whatever you know the the the, the the front um the front bleachers at the inauguration and uh she actually took off her coat and she was wearing a pink slip <laughs> and so this was you know a message to, uh, to you know who that uh, were um uh, we're giving you the pink slip
1: right right i love it
3: <laughs> so sooner or later
1: oh, or boy. whatever hmm Yep, one anyway, way
3: or another. for anybody who uh, speaks French, uh, I love that the bumper sticker that says, Fermez la bouche. <laughs> it's a play on words because fermez la bouche. Bouche in French uh, means mouth.
0: Ah, and, and what's and the phrase? And fermez la
3: bouche in French means shut your mouth.
0: Oh, are you kidding how but funny. in American,
3: it's pretty funny.
0: Right,
3: so they right, right. Right, right. Um,
2: <laughs> up the bush.
3: <laughs> 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 anyway. All right. Um, so, Medea Benjamin and these women, uh, they they've done um, watches in front of the um, in front of the White House, um, and uh, like for instance, with Nina Hutney, who's mm. the founder and publisher. Um, i mean Atme atne acne magazine right, you know, right, right. Atme reader um they they are protesting um the um tightening up the lack of liberties um, the um the wars they are protesting the wars right. um, the wars are are stupid in fact, please let me read a poem. Uh, that somebody sent me today um, that speaks
1: about the war, sure, I'd love
0: to i'd okay. l- love to hear it all right let's get all right so code pink there's sort of this political and social justice organization, i guess uh, a, a a wonderful group of women and uh, at codepinkalert.org. all right, so it reminded you of a poem, so uh, let's hear yes,
3: it. Yes, I just want to read this poem because it's so beautiful
2: good, let's hear it's it
3: It's called they they make war beautiful places where mountains stand and valleys hold wild flowers that bloom in spring. They make war in cities and small towns where children live, where the old have earned their rest and the young reach into the years ahead of them. They make war where there are buildings from centuries long past. In streets that could write history books, if streets could write. They make war where children play, where birds build nests, where animals graze. They make war where there is life, where life is lived. Who are they? The they who make war. They. The ones who do not know how to love themselves wow and this is this is written by a, a wonderful woman called wendy wolf bloomberg who's 76 years old wow
0: wow fantastic
3: beautiful so uh, there are people yeah. out there including medea benjamin who um had this big organization against the wall, PinkAlert.org. there are women and men out there who understand that being human and being at war just doesn't go together. They just
0: don't jive anymore. Yeah. 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 I have to agree. I have to agree. And I mean, it doesn't seem like that outrageous of a statement anymore, you know? I mean, come on. I mean, how many... No, you know how much, how much do you got to see? How many times do you got to go through it? I mean, how and and I mean, most people don't even know the real horror of it. You know, the past. Mm-hmm. Mo, mo, most history is a whitewash, uh, and and so yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, it's time to change the story.
3: So everything you believe is optional.
0: <laughs> That's right. Everything
3: we believe is optional.
0: That's right. Remember about swapping out that, op- that that operating system, folks. Yeah.
3: yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, so... Um,
3: uh, so, Mike, we have uh, we have a woman called Chalice Glendinning.
0: I don't who, think I'm uh, familiar with her. Who is she?
3: Well, uh, she has written several books. Um, she has lately come out about a month and a half ago. She lives here in New Mexico in a village. Uh, called Chimayo, and this village, uh, Chimayo, is quite extraordinary because um, although I am for the separation of church and hate, um, uh, I hmm. do believe that there are some sanctuaries that uh, contain sanctuary and peace. So there is this little church in Chimayo where Travis Glendening lives, um, where, um, a lot of people have been healed and left their crutches. Um, it's a miracle church and, uh, people gather the earth from that church and they put it in little boxes and they ask for miracles. Actually, in 1987, uh, I drove up there with John Lash and my pack of cigarettes, my pack of Baton, <laughs> French cigarettes, and I left my pack of cigarettes at the church in Chimayu, and never, and never smoked a cigarette again. Is that right? So that was my crutch, or my one of them, anyway.
2: God,
0: that's pretty impressive.
3: So Chellis lives in Chimayu, and Chimayu happens to not only be the place of miracles, but it happens to be the place. Where there is an enormous traffic of heroin, trafficking of heroin. Okay. Shootouts. Um, again, it has to do with poverty. It has to do with abuse. It has to do with the, with desperation, and mainly it it has to do with separation from the earth. Mm. You know. Um, so, Charles Glendinning has written this book called Chiva, a village takes on the global heroin. Trade. And Chiva is um, heroine in uh, Pachango, in Oralebro, in Chicano language. Okay. Chiva yeah. is heroine. And she does something that's quite beautiful in that book. Is She speaks about the, the personal, her own heart. It's a love story that she has with a Chicano heroin addict um, who falls back into the addiction, actually. Um, so it's her love story with this Chicano. And it's also the story of the reclaiming of the village of Chimayo. Wow. And it's also her research on the global heroin trade. So it's got something that really means a lot to me. It's got... The heart, the
2: local, and the global picture. Mm,
0: right, right. Yeah, and for, uh, for for anybody out there listening, if you'd like a an eye opening experience, go do a little of your own personal research on the global heroin trade, <laughs> and that'll show you a little bit about what's going on in the world today as well. So, at That's any rate, book. Good, good. Okay, good to hear that that sort of stuff is coming out and that people are learning about it and hearing it and, and writing it. I love it.
3: Exactly. And the uh, and, uh, uh, heroin trade is a very big uh, political project. Oh,
0: you bet it is.
3: And uh, we'll just let um Shelley Denning speak about it in the exquisite way that she does.
0: All right. So that's something to look forward to. I can't wait actually to hear her talk. All right. Good.
3: Good, good. So next we have Tom Hartman, and uh, Tom Hartman, um, he has a radio uh, show, he's on radiopower.org, check it out.
0: Yeah, he does something on the the Sirius uh, satellite network, I think.
3: That's right, that's right. And um, he's written a book that I read recently, he's written several books, but one particular book called the last hours of ancient sunlight the last hours of wow. ancient sunlight
0: what a great title!
3: It's oh it's a fantastic book um, you know I, I suggest to you um, that you read the you know Shiva and you read the last hours of ancient sunlight because he speaks so clearly and so intelligently of the situation that is happening right now which is a situation of peak oil Mm. and the fact that uh, we are depleting the earth and uh, uh, very quickly we are not going to be able to meet our needs for oil and this is going to change it's going to change the consensus reality. Yep, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that's
0: a topic that we've that we've discussed on this program before. So, yeah, it's certainly
3: uh, it's going to change the look of what I like to call the consensus reality, the accepted reality.
0: Yeah, if uh, if 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 peak oil really does come to fruition and and it, and it is as real as 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 many experts say that it is then then yeah it it, it is going to hit home, and that's the thing you know most people until it gets right in their face you know they're they're blind enough and and the and the or the blinders are on tight enough that unless it really gets in 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 close, they don't recognize it and uh and and peak oil is certainly one of those things that would do that I think do you know
3: how much it costs me to put um to put uh, fifteen gallons of gasoline in my car in Europe.
0: Yeah, it's got to be $5. 70, seventy-five dollars, or something like that, maybe.
3: Yeah, exactly, $65 yeah. to
0: seventy-five dollars. Right, right.
3: I that, that l- makes you think a little
1: bit.
0: Yeah, I lived in Germany for uh, for some time, and uh, and 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 that was back in the in the early nineties. And I remember, even back then, uh, I was I was amazed by what I thought was expensive. Uh, fuel prices in the United States, and then I went over to Europe and lived there, and realized that we really uh, we're getting quite a bargain over here, relatively speaking. Um, yet, 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 there's still a lot of padding going on in a lot of wallets, uh, regardless. <laughs> and uh, and I always ask that question too, uh, with regard to peak oil. And I, I, I'll be quite frank with you. I'm not quite convinced yet because I have read some relatively interesting arguments. About uh, abiotic oil uh, from the Russians, primarily. But at any rate, uh, uh,
3: what is that?
0: Well, uh, the, the the theory is that oil is not uh, a result of the decay of dead animals and plants; that it has uh, uh, another source of of of, uh, of genesis, so to speak, and that uh, and that the earth. I sort of, and, and you know, it's really strange because this sort of gets me back to an old mythological thing that I read a long time ago that had to do with oil being the blood of Tiamat and the blood of the earth. And I and I and I and I, and I sort of, and I sort of think of it like that. And I think of like blood in our body that it, you can take a little bit of it out, and if and and it will, it, we can make new blood cells. And but if you take too much, you know. And so that is sort of more my take on it. And, again, this is just me sort of talking freely with you right now. I haven't, I haven't said this on the air before. You just sort of got me going. But um, at any rate, uh,
2: regardless... Wait,
3: wait, wait, Mike. We're on exactly the same wavelength. I was thinking exactly that before you said it. Hmm. And just about three months ago, I was in Spain, and I was talking with John Lash, my partner on the website, and i was saying what are we doing what are we what 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 is it going to do what is it doing to the earth that mm. was sucking out her fluid yeah. in such a way
1: well that's
3: such, i just have this intuition that that we're just sucking out the earth's body fluids be it blood you mm. know
0: that's uh, the way I, that, that's the way i feel about food. it too joanna that's the way i feel about it so that's it's ve-
3: amazing
0: well, all right. Well, look, let's uh, let's take another short break here, um, and we'll come uh, we'll come back in a few minutes. I need to take a breather anyway and get some water after that one.
3: Okay, me too. <laughs>
0: and uh, um, all right, uh, I'm going to play. We're going to have a blast from the past here, okay, Joanna? Um, this is one that uh, you'll love, and I think everyone out there will love it too. This is an old one here. This is uh, from. Uh, From the Moody Blues back in the early 70s. Uh A wonderful song about a wonderful man, and uh, this is from In Search of the Last Chord. It's called Legend of a Mind, and uh, we'll be back in just a few minutes. No, 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 no. You got it, Joanna. Back in a few radio orbit KOPN. On vinyl, no less. Yeah. legend of a mind moody blues and this is mike Hagen. you listen to radio orbit and uh from the heart that one really does go out uh to timothy leary and also to my friend terrence mckenna to both of them uh, i would not have appreciated tim's work were it not for terrence probably and uh, uh love them or hate them those were a couple of gentlemen that uh knew what the word imagination was about and uh, tried to help other people explore their own imaginations or the global, universal imagination, whatever it is. And uh, anyway, to Terrence and Tim, there you are. And uh, to Joanna Harcourt-Smith, who's on the line with me, to her as well, because I would not be on the phone with her were it not uh, for the... Uh, Connections in my past as well. So, all right, um, here we go, Joanna. The imagination, huh? That's what's required right now, I think. The the, the, more more than anything.
3: Oh, absolutely! It is. It is the most precious faculty we have. And um, in childhood, uh, so many of us were told, uh, "Stop imagining things," (laughs) or "You have too much imagination." And uh, this whole world, this whole reality is created by our our imagination. That's right. Uh, Let's take, let's, let's consider this a work of art instead of considering it an obligation. You know, let's use our imaginations to create a work of art for us to live in. Um, and we can do that. I mean, I I strongly believe that um, if there's enough of us imagining uh, beauty and ecstasy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and an aesthetic life to live in, we can we can really create it. And I don't want to, you know, I don't want to sound uh, new agey in saying that. I I. Ch- What I'm really talking about is freedom. I mean, there are levels of freedom that we can open up to, and within this freedom, we can discover what our imagination can do, and works the other the other way around too. Uh, Within the imagination, we can discover uh, uh, our boundless freedom. I mean, my whole life has been about discovering more and more realms of freedom. Hmm. And I would, I would equate freedom with authenticity. And what can the authentic imagination create mm-hmm. uh, in the outside world? I mean, look at all the extraordinary myths, all the extraordinary stories uh, that were told from one generation to the next. Or that are simply imprinted in our in our in the fabric of our being uh, the stories that that have been told um, forever and um, the the stories are what keep uh, the world going Hmm. let's invent some fabulous stories for the human race rather than uh, stories that are that are uh, tight and nasty and confrontational let's invent some fabulous stories to pass on to each other and our children and that's what metahistory.org is about is inventing new myths uh, uh, to create a future uh, uh, that um, is not a future of lack and fear and mm. uh, terror of one another
0: well, it sounds like something that most people should be interested in. You know, I have a uh, a, 20, a 20-month-old son. Oh. It's my first uh, child. I don't know. Maybe my only child. We'll see. I don't know. But anyway, he's my my little boy, you know. and uh, What's his name? His name is Alistair Michael.
3: Oh, I see. <laughs> and, yes, uh, I understand.
0: <laughs> he's a wonderful little guy, though. And, and you know, I look at him. And I can't help but but think not just about him but all of these children you know, and he's fortunate enough to be in a safe place right now you know and 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 I'm fortunate enough to be a father in a safe place right now you know
2: yeah. and
0: i and and I keep thinking we cannot take this for granted you know we have we we don't have the excuse we don't have the excuse of being you know uh, you know, an abandoned child in in the Sri Lankan, you know, marsh where we have no no hope to do something positive. We we're the ones that have to do it. Who's el- the other? No, who else is going to do it?
1: Absolutely, absolutely.
0: So anyway, gosh, this stuff so, just gets me. So well, that you know, I'm, and I'm sorry to get off track, but uh, gosh, I get thinking about the kids, and it just drives me batty. And I can I, It's very difficult to start. And that's one of the problems, I think, Joanna, is that when you get to the, the core of what's really happening on this planet, it is as ugly as ugly gets.
3: Don't, you know, uh, be very careful the stories you tell Alistair Michael. Mm. Because Alistair Michael is a clean, a clean slate. Yeah. And the stories you tell him will be the thread that he will enact in his life mm. you know mm-hmm. so just uh just encourage his imagination
0: mm. i will
3: yeah and safety is the number one thing but we can't incu- encourage safety by killing other people oh
0: i couldn't I, I couldn't agree with you more i couldn't agree with you it's more it's insane it is, that insane.
3: is insanity
0: yeah yeah and it eventually it 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 even even from a practical standpoint it it, it it it's 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 something that eventually will come back and make you unsafe even if you look at it completely empirically you know the whole thing is insane from top to bottom everywhere you look at it so we'll, so we have to so what we have to do uh as you Mention and as we've been talking about, is leapfrog these ideas, forward escape, uh, and uh, um, and and build a new mythology, a new story, and the best story wins. I agree
3: with you. Well, you, know,
0: you know, the best sorry. story wins. Let's write the best one, and and the that's
3: best, exactly. And let's not take for granted that the story is already written. Right. And let's know that each one of us is. Part of the story of humanity, and how do you want to write your thread of the story of this human, uh, this human basket? You know, not the human race, the human basket. Right,
0: that's a great metaphor,
3: and that takes us really very, very nicely into um, our next guest on the. on the website, on the web event, and it's this wonderful young woman, Julia Butterfly Hill.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, what yeah. a wild, what a
0: wild story she has. Tell, tell, tell the audience her story. That's a, this is unbelievable.
3: Oh, she is so brave. She is so brave. I mean, here's the story. This is what we're talking about. Here's the story that this woman has written with her life. Now, this is very precise. Now, this young woman could have written a story of, um, you know, um, enlisting in the special forces and, um, and uh, you know, stood on the naked bodies of a bunch of Iraqi terrified human beings. Right. But no, the story that this young woman has written about her life was to get up at the top of a redwood tree and to live there on a platform for 738 days. (laughs)
0: Yeah, over two years, yeah.
3: I can't even imagine doing that. And yet I heard her speak uh, here in Santa Fe a couple of years ago. And she is so loving because of many things, I'm sure, but Mm. because she had the courage to absolutely live in that tree. She told a story, Mike, that is so touching. She said that, you know, living on a small platform, on a tree, uh, because she was defending, by the way, what she was doing. The story she was writing was the story of a young woman who was defending one redwood tree against the loggers she felt that as long as she lived up in that tree perhaps the loggers would not cut it down this uh-huh. thousand-year-old tree right, you know? right, right, right. and so she she wrote the story with her young life of defending one tree i mean how beautiful is that
0: yeah incredible
3: that's what i mean when i say let's write amazing stories
0: with our lives right and 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 i think what you know what joanna's trying to tell us is that you have to be the hero in your story you know if you're not the if you're not the hero in your story then you have some serious editing to do so you have to write yourself in into the into, into a wonderful story it doesn't have to be a horror story right
2: And and
3: let me say this, uh, uh, Mike, because this is really the heart of what we're saying. Um, And I know about being poor. And I know about being abused and humiliated and Mm. beaten. And I know about sitting there and saying, well, you know, looking at the ceiling and saying, what can one life do? And And when will I ever be able to do something that makes a difference? Mm. I know about that kind of despair Mm. and sense of futility Mm. because the sense of futility is the sense that we're futile is what is being put out by governments to convince us that we're nothing and we can't do anything. Mm. And you're so right by being the hero of our own lives. Imagine. Invent something. That gives you dignity, you know. That just that just makes you say, "Wow, I did that." You know, <laughs> it can be the smallest, you know, thing. But if it if it gives you dignity and makes you makes you feel your dignity in the world, then it's fantastic.
0: Right. Right. Yep. No doubt so, about so it. No doubt about it. And I, you know, I'm what you say about the imagination is so real. It's that it. It is the world around us. Everything that we see, everything that we've built, all of our cities, all of our technology, these are just physical representations of our imagination that we've built now with metal and steel and concrete and glass and circuitry. And It's the imagination. So we obviously have made the world through our imagination. It's just a matter of how that imagination is applied.
3: Exactly, exactly, and uh, and and I say, I, I mean, I am so happy, Mike, because um, we, we are we 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 have kindred souls, <laughs> and you know that just makes me feel so happy, and uh, you know I just want to send uh, I just want to send a, a really warm hello to other king kindred souls out there. Well,
0: they're, they're out there. Trust me. They're out there. They're so out this there.
3: girl, this young woman, Julia Butterfly Hill, Right, right, right. to come back to her because she's, she's amazing. She, um, when when I went to her talk, she told this story that when she was up on that uh, on that platform, and I can believe it, she had moments of horrifying despair mm. because the logging company, for instance, would fly helicopters really low on her to scare her, or it would rain for days and days and days, and she had very little shelter, of course. And she said that after she began to cry for a while, when she was really upset, Mm -hmm. um, the tree, when she was crying, the tree would make sap. So, in a sense, the tree and her would cry together, her her tears and the sap from the tree. Man. How fabulous is that? Yeah, incredible. She lived that story. She made that story.
0: Yeah, not for a week, not for two weeks, for 730-some days.
3: 38 days. Wow. So she says, she says, by standing together in unity, solidarity and love, we will heal the wounds in the earth and in each other. So she has a book called, Hello Out There, that's what I'm saying, <laughs> One Makes the Difference, <laughs> Inspiring Actions That Change Our World.
0: Man. Yep. T- yep. Speaking about one makes a difference. You know, you just brought back an amazing memory that I had. I uh, uh, let me share something with you real fast. Since yes, we're sort yes. of doing that, um, I mentioned this once in a, once in a while on the program that I have sort of a special relationship with some Lakota uh, Native American people back in Colorado. Uh huh. And um, one of one of I still have some very close uh, friends back there, but a couple of my elder. A friends uh, recently passed over the last uh, last couple of winters, but um, I was at a conference there in 2000, early 2002. Um, uh, it was a it was a what they call a, an elders gathering, and uh, I was fortunate enough to be there. And there was a um, a Maya uh, wisdom keeper who spoke to us. His name is Grandfather Martin, and uh, he spoke about uh, what was going on and the way through his lens and through his cultural lens and he said he echoed the same thing he 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 said that he said it only takes one he said it only takes one and then he said maybe two three is too many
2: <laughs>
0: wow in, in the classic sort of uh, uh, indigenous sort of humor you know but but his point was that yeah you can you can you can do anything you want in his way he was saying the same thing write your story write yeah. your story you know
3: yep. write your story with your life and it's not too late you know um, I'll be I'll be 60 years old in 6 months you know and uh, let me tell you I'm as young as they come and it's not too late Uh, Now is now. I'm like Madonna. I have reinvented myself 27,000 times. (laughs) I I travel in different realms, but it is true, you know. Invent and reinvent your life.
0: That's right. I tell you what. And and if you and if you don't believe her, go uh, go over to my website and then go click over to hers and go take a look at lovely Joanna. She's just absolutely beautiful <laughs> to this day, as she's oh, always been. Thank so you. yeah, no doubt. Thank so anyway, all right. So who else? Let's see. We get let's let's talk about one or two more guests and then we'll take a break uh, and we'll come back um, uh, and do some more. So let's see who else. John's gonna be there too. John Lash right. is gonna be there as well, right?
3: Well, we we arrived here to um uh, my beloved um partner, um our partner in time. Um we are no we were lovers and we were married and uh now we we are so to speak divorced. But uh-huh. we've been, um I divorced him in a fit of in a fit of rage. But um I absolutely adore him, and we are partners in uh in our work and um, we have created this website together we're very lucky we're very oh. blessed we we are being um, um supported by a foundation called the Marion foundation and John is a brilliant oh. brilliant man um with um Great um, heart, and uh, he is a fantastic writer. He's a very deeply dedicated writer, and uh, he's a mythologist. And he has researched the feminine, uh, Sophia, Mary Magdalene, the feminine, and um, what he calls Gnosticism, which is which could also be called paganism. Um, which uh, which is uh, the, uh, I would say, the religious enthusiasm that existed before Christianity. Right, right, the, Gnost- um, right. the Gnostics. And he has researched the Gnostics like, uh, I, I believe, like nobody else on this planet.
2: Um,
3: he's read the entire Nag Hammadi library, uh, in Coptic, which was the language in which that um, that particular set of manuscripts were uh, written, mm. those manuscripts that were found um, in uh, Palestine in right, 1945.
0: In Kug- in, right, in at Nag Hammadi, right.
3: Yep, yep. And he has read those texts wow. and he interprets them. He tells a story that was written a long time ago Uh, in a way, um, that might be, um, a real turning point to the future from the very, from the buried past. Right, right. Um, and, uh, he tells this story in a very tender way. And one of the, one of the threads of the story, um, is, um, that, one of our, our problems is that we've brought the story that we need to be saved mm. so that we could be controlled. But we don't need to be saved. Um, we are saved. We've always been saved. Mm. We are as saved as a, as a squirrel or a, <laughs> or, a, or a garden snake. Right, right, You right. know, does a, a squirrel or a garden snake... Or they are need a savior, right. not not if other humans are not afraid of them. Mm. <laughs> so John Lash, John Lash um, is the principal author of the MetaHistory, MetaHistory.org site, and uh, just go to MetaHistory.org and you will find uh, amazing stories, mm. uh, extraordinary mythological. Writing and um, with a flavor of Buddhism and Tantra and uh, alchemy and astrology, just go and read this man. Um, he is earnest, deep, uh, kind, and brilliant.
0: Yeah, and I've uh, since since I've been in contact with you uh, over the last couple months, I've been digging around myself over there, and uh, I have to. Concur that, and it's that there. There's a tremendous amount of material there. I didn't really realize how much was there from my first look. It doesn't really appear to be as deep as it really is, uh, but there's a tremendous amount of work and research there. Some of which is astonishing. Uh, all of which is well documented and and really really well written. So yeah, it's it's well worth um, uh, a trip over there to MetaHistory.org. Not only to register for Uh, this event that's coming up next Sunday uh, but also just to uh, just to see what uh, what what John and some of the other researchers and Joanna herself Joanna runs a forum over there that's really cool and um, uh, asking again interesting and important hard-to-answer questions that need to be talked about and uh, and and has some of her own uh, work uh, there as well the the piece that I read before um, I introduced to uh, Joanna it was something that I that I found uh, earlier this week on the site. So yeah, I, it, it was really a uh, uh, a, a, uh, a blessing uh, to find uh, to find the site and to get to, to get to know you guys. So I really I really appreciate it too. And I want to the people out there, my listeners, to understand that that I really do uh, think that they're doing a fantastic thing over there, and you really should check it out. So, and this event is going to be awesome. I mean, just listen to the people who are there. I mean that alone. We haven't even mentioned Jeremy Narby, who's who's one of my favorites. Uh, Jeremy
3: Narby
0: is great. And
2: uh,
0: well, hey, let's. I I tell you what, Joanna, let's take another quick break. We're right at the bottom of the hour. We'll um we'll come back and we'll talk about uh, Dina Metzger, Jeremy Narby, James O'Day, who's another real cool guy. Um, and then I don't.
3: Nina Simons. Nina who, uh, Simons, yeah, yeah, yeah. Co
0: founded yeah. the Bioneers
3: uh, yeah. Conference.
0: Yeah, yeah. She's one
3: of the best things going on, in in my view. Okay.
0: All right, well, let's do it. Let's come back and we'll talk about them. We'll talk about Bioneers a little bit. That is a really cool concept that they've got going. So um, let's do that, okay?
3: Go and get some munchies <laughs> and some water or whatever.
0: All right, and we've and got... Uh, uh, we'll meet
3: again.
0: Uh, all right, we'll meet again. We've got another... We're going to take... This is going to be pretty quick. I've got about three minutes here, three and a half, and then um, we'll come back and we'll finish things off. We'll have about another 20 minutes to talk with Joanna Harcourt-Smith. And uh, this is Mike Hagan, and you're listening to Radio Orbit on KOPN. In the meantime, uh, this is I'm in Touch With Your World, and I am. <coughs> Mike Hagan, you're listening to Radio Orbit on KOPN. That was the cars. I'm in touch with your world. And hey, uh, uh, before we uh, move along here, um, speaking of John Lash, uh, John has actually uh, agreed to be on the program. We haven't quite nailed down a date yet, uh, but I'm excited that uh, uh, at some point in the future, he's obviously quite busy and uh, there's a lot going on, but we'll we'll hopefully uh, get a chance to talk with John and get a little bit uh, in depth of some of the stuff that Joanna is talking about uh, before the break there. So, all right, Joanna. um, uh, Let's see. Where are we? I'm here. All right, good. You hanging in there with me?
3: You bet.
0: I know. uh, And, hey. having
3: a great
2: time.
0: Me, too. And I want to thank you again so much. I've just uh, had a wonderful time. And I'm looking at the clock. I'm like, oh, we have 15 minutes. And I'm like, God, it's like the time goes too darn fast when you do these things. So so we'll have to... uh, We'll have to do it again in the future sometime, so.
3: And you'll be back with Alistair Michael.
0: Oh, my gosh, Yeah. That's who counts. Those are the, the,
3: the new people, the little people.
0: That's right. And they have a tremendous thing going on. There's some amazing, amazing children uh, today uh, that, I've, that I've, I've experienced in my own life, uh, you know, not just stories. And I've seen kids, I'm seeing thing, things from children that are so hopeful and uh, so and so cool. I mean, just like uh, amazing, amazing kids, and I, I love it. So,
3: I'd like to see a, a world gathering of all the grandmothers of the world uh, come out on the same day around the world and uh, plead for a future for their grandchildren. Yep,
2: I'd like to see that.
0: Yeah, and there's something about the power of the grandmother for sure. I, I think that would uh, scare a few of these uh, tough guys uh, right right out of their boots, maybe.
3: These guys who uh, would just like to blow up this planet like a puff of smoke.
0: Yeah, just for kicks almost, it seems.
3: Let's talk about Dina Metzger.
0: Okay, let's do it.
3: Dina Metzger is also going to be on the webcast. And uh, she was one of the uh, original feminists of a uh, a woman who has uh, spoken about the power of the feminine in uh, very um, strong and uh, uh, important political ways. Um, a woman who got uh, kicked out of um, the school where she was teaching the university I can't remember which one it was because she wrote uh erotic literature That's hmm. quite amazing that i've read and uh her most recent book is entering the ghost river meditation on the theory of practice uh, on the theory and practice of healing
2: hmm, interesting.
3: Uh, check out her website
2: okay
3: inametsker.com and you can check out all these people by going either to transradio.com um, or to metahistory.org or both and uh, clicking on the banner of future beyond history.
0: Yep, and all that stuff is available through uh, my website as well, so there's lots of ways That's to
3: wonderful. get there. Um,
0: all right, uh, yeah. I'm
3: wh- wrapping up a little quickly here because I know we time is short.
0: Well, we've got uh, about we've got about uh, we got about fifteen minutes, so uh,
3: okay. All right, I'll just calm down then.
0: Yeah, don't worry, we're 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 okay. I'm <laughs> I'm watching the clock, but I'm but but we're okay still. So
3: I'll steady my heartbeat. Yes,
0: just relax, and because we got to talk yes. about Jeremy, and we definitely have to talk about pioneers for a minute, and and
3: James O'D.
0: And James o, D., who's and James o. D., Yeah, person. right, right.
3: Jeremy Norby, um uh, I highly suggest his book. Um, the book that I first read is called "The Cosmic Serpent: sure. DNA and the Origins of Knowledge." Mm-hmm. Have you read that book, Mike?
0: I have, and I've recommended it to my audience before. And I'm and I've uh, there, there's a there's an ethnobotanist friend of mine in Costa Rica whose name is Jonathan Miller Weisberger,
1: uh-huh. and
0: uh, he's sort of a uh, a young maverick, uh, but he was trained in the late years of uh, uh, Gordon uh, Wasson. Yes. Yeah. And uh, Jonathan is a real sharp young man, and he's really, really working to uh, to continue the traditions and and to move some of this stuff forward. But at any rate, uh, he runs a great, uh, really cool botanical garden in Costa Rica that's called Guaria de Osa. And uh. Love to uh,
3: correspond with
0: him. Yeah, he's fantastic. And Jeremy was there just a couple of months ago, uh. and so was oh. David and so was David Abram, as a matter of fact. Uh. they were both there at the same time, uh. at a uh. Um, an event that was held at Jonathan's place, uh. in February. And I actually wanted to go to it, but but, but uh. circumstances uh. didn't quite work out. So at any rate, um, uh. uh. Jonathan is another uh. person who would fit perfectly into this uh into this into this ever growing circle so
2: oh i would love to start. and
0: you know um as i think of it you know um i sent an email to uh to my friend barbara tedlock uh, uh dr barbara tedlock who's the the chair of anthropology at the state university of new york at buffalo who is now in new mexico right now in santa fe and uh um she uh, has written a wonderful book called *The Woman in the Shaman's Body*, and uh, it's all about the history of the feminine uh, side of shamanism. And it's a fantastic book, and she's uh, uh, she's a really really cool woman. And she was on my show just a couple weeks ago, and uh, she's another okay. one she's another one that just would would be such a, a a good fit. It seems to me with some of the stuff that you guys are doing. Yes,
3: yes, I hope uh, she and I can connect.
0: Yeah, and I'll um, I'm I'm going to send her another note to tr- see if she okay. has time to get to to do uh, get involved in the webcast on next Sunday because that, that would be, gr- be that would be she great. Would
3: be very welcome.
0: Okay, well, um,
3: so Jeremy Narvey has a new book out. It's called "Intelligence in Nature: An Inquiry into Knowledge." Um, but you know, uh, I'll just say a couple of words to add to what you said to. Braid words that braid with what you said. You see, um, most of these people have something in common, hmm. and that is a great respect for uh, indigenous people and indigenous traditions. I mean, not that we are not indigenous people, uh, but we are indigenous people who, in a certain way, and I'm sorry if this sounds like a judgment, but we are Indigenous people who, in some ways, we most of us are European Indigenous people who have lost our way. Mm,
0: I can agree with that,
3: and who have forgotten uh, the most important stories of our species. And so that's why um, I welcome people who have um, studied the intelligence of the Indigenous people. Who still remember their stories? Yeah, well, and I've... who have the thread of uh, shamanism? Just shamanism. Shamanism is just about people. It's just people who have taken on the responsibility to help other people heal by facilitating. In them, the interpretation of the gods. I mean, each one of the us has our own interpretation of the gods, of the mystery, of the of what we don't understand. Mm-hmm. And it's okay for us to formulate that interpretation for ourselves. But sometimes we need medicine doctors or shamans, uh, women and men. To give us permission to interpret the divine for
0: mm-hmm. Wow, I've never heard it quite described like that. That's a wonderful description of of the shaman of what a shaman does.
3: Just an interpreter, just an interpreter, giving you permission to become an interpreter. Hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's quite quite an empowering way to look at it. I like it.
2: Good.
0: All right, um, so Jeremy, yeah, I've been a big fan of his as well for a long time and I think that he'll, he'll be a great uh, addition to the, to the lineup. Then we've got uh, James O'D.
3: Well, James O'D, I just absolutely love him. Uh, this man is the president of um, um, at the Institute of Noetic Sciences, right, right. which is, you know, I admire uh, you know, go to org. these people um, are dedicated. To to study what is called the paranormal, mm. um, you know, paranormal, or is just, in my opinion, uh, other frequencies of reality that are not accepted by the consensus. <laughs> reality.
0: Right, I agree. I think Edgar Mitchell, uh, one of our former moonwalking astronauts, is is involved over there uh, as well, and. Uh,
3: uh, well, we're not talking
0: about moonwalking by Michael Jackson. No, no. Although no? I I, I if... guess I guess that's you know that shows that shows you how out of the loop I am with that. I have no I don't know if that was I think there was supposed to be a verdict or something but I have no idea whether uh oh, What was that? I think but I maybe I'm wrong. Right. I don't I don't know but you uh, know nope. I, I I hope I hope that uh I hope that that the truth is the truth. That's all. Yeah. So you know, but it, it as far as I'm concerned so you most have
2: of
3: it.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. And then we yeah. can yeah, we can talk about that stuff too, you know, when
1: right.
0: we talk right. about the nasty side of things. So but uh
1: okay.
0: at any rate the stuff that's gonna be going oh. on next week is not gonna be the nasty stuff. It's all of the ideas of, of, of what we've been talking about tonight, the, 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 the forward look at, at an at an an imaginative uh creative future that's one that's the, the, the that's uh that looks good for for everybody, including ourselves and our own futures, not to mention our children and our and our and our future grandchildren, et cetera, etc cetera.
3: exactly exactly well, on our last guest on the on the list, not because she's lost, but because her name starts with an f <laughs>
2: and
3: alphabetical seems fair to me because they're all fabulous people, right is the co-executive director, co-founder of the Bioneers Mm. uh, Conference. And um, so some of you out there might know that every year uh, there is a conference in Marin County that lasts, I think, about five days and that brings together um, a, um, a group of visionaries um, that speak about the different um, science, ecology, um, agriculture, um, all kinds of all kinds of different um, forms of, uh, of of biofuturism or futurism, um, and uh, so I'm, I was at that conference last October. And it was brilliant because three thousand people come to this conference and it's uh, you know I can speak from from my own perspective um, I'm, always, I'm not so interested in the speakers as in the fact that three thousand people come together mm. with uh, their hearts open to um, doing good things for the planet right, right, right. and uh, that's really strong when 3,000 people come together for five days and uh, want to help. And so um, they have, um, uh, this conference has been going on since 1981. Um, go to the website, uh, org, and you will see an amazing, array of information uh, about uh, about what's going on, and uh, about positive, um, positive thinking and positive action on this planet. Right. And Nina and her partner, Kenny Osibel, created this conference and it's growing every year. And people come with everything positive they can bring to that conference and just mingle together and give each other strength and heart
0: uh, to continue in that way. All right. Well, there it is, you guys. Uh, I mean, what a what a what a group of people. Not to mention the fact that Joanna's involved in it. Alan Huttner, of course, who's uh, runs uh, transitions radio and has for a long, long time. I think for twenty years, probably. Um, yeah. And uh, Elizabeth Rose. Uh, should mention her, I guess, Alan's as well. Wife. Yeah. So all yeah. kinds of great people involved, and uh, Joanna came all the way from Spain <laughs> to do it. Well, maybe not. Uh, that, maybe that wasn't her only reason. I don't know.
3: No, oh, no, that was, that is the reason I came from Spain. All right. To so. organize this first web event, uh, to learn a lot about how to do it, and who's out there, and join. You know, will want to. Join with us, right. and I oh, want to well. see many of these.
0: This is the fun part, you know, the collaboration and the finding, like you say, find the others, like we talked about at the beginning. Find, find the others. others, and that's what it's about. And and so, uh, for everybody out there, you've been listening to this. This uh, uh, this event next Sunday may give you an opportunity to do something like that to to find others that maybe think. Uh, the way you may be thinking or maybe can express things the way that you never could or maybe give you ideas that you never heard before or maybe say stuff that you think is rubbish.
3: Absolutely.
0: You know, but uh, but it's it's worth a listen. It's worth uh, 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 an opportunity to to look at some new ideas because uh, the name of the event is called uh, Our Future Beyond History, Weaving the Strands of a Luminous Tapestry and that's, you know, it's quite... Uh, quite fitting because we do need a new story. We do need a new future beyond uh, the end of uh, this current history that we're uh, that we're living out right now. And and this is a great opportunity to uh, uh,
2: to weave take a look. Stories.
0: Yeah, to weave our stories and to take take a look at some of these people that are weaving incredible stories of their own and setting wonderful examples too. You know. And um,
3: and right me i i answer every email i get um my email is joanna at metahistory.org and um my life uh is about connection and connecting mm-hmm. and so write to me if you feel like it and i will answer you maybe not in a few hours but certainly in a few days great and uh, it feels so good it's what uh, Mike said, it's fantastic, find the others, find the others and I'm
0: here. Alright, well I think that's a great way to finish things up here. We have been uh, fortunate enough to spend the last couple hours with Joanna Harcourt-Smith, uh, an absolutely wonderful spirit and wonderful woman and someone who continues to do amazing work um, uh, for a long, long time now and she will continue to do it. for. Uh, a much longer time, I have a feeling. And it's so cool, Joanna, that this is just the first of one of these events. There's going to be more of them for sure, and I'm sure they're just going to get more uh, interesting and more. Uh, uh, just they're, they're just going to keep moving forward. So. We're
3: just going to roll with the lead.
0: All right, well, let's do it. In the meantime, uh, we will finish things up here. Uh, everybody, you've been listening to Radio Orbit on KOPN. My guest has been Joanna Harcourt-Smith. If you want information on her, go to my website, radioorbit.com. Also, this uh, entire program will be up on the web uh, no later than probably tomorrow at midnight, uh, so we'll uh, put a link up and let everyone know that they can now listen to it uh, online. If they weren't able to listen to it locally here, we can get other people around the country and around the world uh, to listen to the program if they'd like to. And um, uh, Mike? Yes?
3: Mike? Mike? Yes, thank Joanna? You. Thank you. Thank you for who you are, and thank you for what you do.
0: Well, I uh, I send the exact same words right back to you, and I can't tell you how much I appreciate it, and uh, um, I can't wait to talk to you again, and we'll be in touch uh, certainly uh, uh, before the event uh, next Sunday, okay?
3: Okay. Good right. night. Yeah,
0: Joanna, hold on the phone just for a moment, okay?
2: Sure.
0: All right, uh, everybody, uh, running a little b- a little bit short on time, but thanks for listening, and uh, check out the website and Joanna's information at metahistory.org. We'll finish things off with uh, Gordon Downey. Wonderful song from Coke Machine Glow. In the spirit of tonight, this is called Lofty Pines. We'll see you next week, and we'll do open lines, and we'll talk about everything that we learn next Sunday. Stick around for Curtis. He'll be here in just a few minutes.